Welcome to the Smith and Rowland Show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowland. Hey, so, we've got a video but, I want us to look yeah, at. Yeah, you were talking about kind of transitioning over into our relationship yeah. with God. Yeah. And we see all of this relationship of, of false religions on the earth. Yeah. And then there's such thing, though, as a true religion. That's what it's reason I think that you ha- we have all this false. Everybody's trying to play the act of the Savior mm-hmm. and God. Yeah. And all we need to do is to receive the true Savior and the true yeah. God. Before we start this video, we're, we're kind of just reacting to a video that, mm-hmm. that we're going to put up. But before we start it, I, I wanted to just build a little framework okay. around the gift of salvation for just a second. Okay. In religious circles, that term is used to describe our entrance requirements into a relationship with Christ or into the kingdom of God. And I think that's fine. I have a time in my life that I point to Mm -hmm. as to when I got what you would call born again Mm -hmm. or saved. But an interesting story comes to my mind before we start this video that I wanted to share and get you to respond to it a little bit. When When I was living in Fayetteville, North Carolina, I started a little church there out of the military. And uh, I was a young preacher. I, th- I think I'd preached three or four times in my life <laughs> and started a church. I, d- I do not suggest that others do that, but that's the way my journey began. I doubt if it hurts you bad. <laughs> Nonetheless, there was a guy there in, in the town. He pastored a large church. His name was uh, Ralph Richardson. And uh, he became a friend of mine, and he was a just a mighty man of God. He called me one day and he said, I'm going to um, somewhere, another town. He said, I'm doing a Bible study up there. You want to ride with me? And he was just befriending a young preacher is all he was doing. Right, right. And so I was very complimentary and kind of intimidated. So he came and I got in the car with him and we started going to where he was going to do the Bible study. And we got to talk. He asked me, he said, when did you come to Christ? Tell me about you coming to Christ. And I shared with him, you know, when I was six years old, I was at a, a Bible camp as a young boy and heard the gospel and didn't want to go to hell. I have the, I mean, that's, and I, you know, people can say what they want to, but that's what got me saved is I didn't want to go to hell. And that's a good thing. so I came and, and uh, asked the Lord to save me. So I turned to him and I said, Dr. Richardson, tell me how you came to Christ. And he said, you know, he said, I can't really tell you an exact time. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I was puzzled at that. But he, here's what he told me. He said, here's what I do know. He said, there was about a three-week period of time. He said, somewhere in that three-week period of time, I passed from death unto life. And that's the way he answered. Well, today, everybody, I say everybody, a lot of people believe that there's an exact day, an hour, a minute, and a second that you know when you got born again. Yeah. And then there's others by that example you just gave. It makes you think it could be over a series of days or yeah. of time. Well, well, it definitely was with him was my point. Mm-hmm. Now, he showed, listen, this guy loved God. And I'm not just saying because he was a preacher. I'm mm-hmm. just telling you that my interactions with him over a year and a half that I was there, this man loved God and was a phenomenal preacher of the word. My grandfather also shared this with me. When he got saved, he told me he was sitting in the back of the church and the Holy Spirit dealt with him and convicted him. And he said that he, he took one step out of the pew into the aisle to go to the altar. And he said, the only thing I can tell you is when I took that first step, 
I got saved. Mm-hmm. He said, I went on to the altar. He said, I, I prayed a prayer and said a few words of affirmation. But he said, I can tell you something, son. He said, when I took that first step, I was born again. Mm-hmm. Now, my, I guess my point is, is like you say, everyone's journey into salvation is a unique, personal journey. Now, I do believe that you must be born again. Yeah. You know, but I do. I also believe that there there's a there's a lot of people that I get thrilled about everybody's different testimonies of how they come to Christ, you know, because I think it's a journey. You know, my uh, my wife, she's got I'll just call it her ministry where she works with some of these younger girls, you know, 12 to 14 years old. And they come work on the farm and stuff, and they've all had you know problems in life. And but this one in particular, she just over the last I don't know couple of weeks, I've just been noticing a huge difference in this this little girl. It just seems to be so much happier. And um, she was, I mean, it's just really interesting. Well, yeah. come to find out, her parents are um, Jehovah Witness. Her mom's a Jehovah Witness, and she said that. She wanted to find out what she believed for herself. And she said she felt like if she read the Bible, she would understand. And so she started going to this Bible study where they just, they're just starting in Genesis and they're just working their way through. But it's amazing. Just after a couple weeks, she's just got a different, whole different look. Yeah. It's just really, it's, so you're it's really see, encouraging. And what see, you're saying is you're seeing a yeah, transformation seeing in her life. Transformation, yeah. Just by simply reading yeah. the Bible. Yeah. It amazes me the people people's different journey to God, and this video we're going to show is about a guy that we I've been intrigued with for three years now. I think it was three years ago that my back went out real bad, so I was at the house and I was watching these videos, and I just thought this dude mm-hmm. needs Christ, and I remember praying and praying and praying for him. And you're, so, talking, you're talking about me. Uh, no, I pray for oh, okay. you to do that too, I, but I've seen no results yet. Uh, as <laughs> but this this guy, we're seeing a journey toward God with this guy, and it's come through a series of pain. But he's he is a controversial figure, and uh, a lot of Christian people don't like him, and the world really don't like him. So anytime that a lot of Christian people don't like somebody and the world despises him, I gotta think that maybe God's interested in this dude. So well, yeah. see there again, that's the reason you think God's interested in you. I'm, I get that. That's <laughs> not understand. I've told people I'm sorry. before. No, uh, you know, oddly, I've, I've told a lot of people before that I may live forever because too many people just want me dead. So. <laughs> As a result of that, I'm probably going to live forever. Jason, there he goes. He, see, he always exaggerates. I mean, so. there's not but a few thousand. I mean, he goes into all this exaggeration. Those are only the ones we can count. Those are the only ones we know. Truth is, I am going to live forever because I know Jesus and I have exactly. eternal life. I know who you're talking the, about. Yeah, and I know the video. And I will confess, I have been one of those people I did not much care for the guy. Okay. There's a lot of people As a whole. don't. Yeah, there's now, a lot of people that don't. This new journey that he's been on, I mm-hmm. I started watching some more of his stuff. And I really do I really do appreciate it. I really yeah, do. And yeah. it's not that I dislike him as a person. Mm-hmm. He's just way over my head. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and it's and, really, and, uh, I get a headache when I listen to it too much. Yeah. 
the, that's the only, it's I, not that I that's, dislike that's him. Good honesty, Jason. Well, it is really. Yeah, really I mean, is. seriously. And the truth. And that's the truth. That's yeah. the problem with most. People. That's yeah. I started to say that. Yeah. And a lot of the things, some some of the mm-hmm. topics that he addresses, he talks way over mm-hmm. everybody's head. I just um, I, if they would make like this piece of software you could put his quote into and it strip it down into like you know little bitty things <laughs> where it would like mean the same thing like a decoder yeah like, right I yeah. think I could I think I could do it well I do know <laughs> that he is uh, he's under attack from his own nation and he's, That's he's Canada Canada yep. and he's under attack even for a lot from the left in America they despise the guy. And um, and quite a bit of the right. He's I mean as a whole he's under a lot of he's, he's under, under a, a whole attack. lot of a whole lot of attack. I've never found anything politically that I disagree with him on. I really have well, not it's found hard to me because politically. what he is for has been an individual individuality and individual. Freedom. I mean he he yeah. an individual freedom. He's yeah. not he has his own persuasions, but he mm-hmm. will, he'll fight for the LGBT community to have the right to be one. Right. Yeah. He just uh, don't want their rights to infringe on his. On his, yes, right. And I, th- and I and, agree. And that's and that's right. where his uh, he disbelieves in freedom of speech. That's, that's right. And and his I will say this: his lectures on the Bible there have been yeah. absolutely incredible, just incredible. And the first time I seen him when he started to do these lectures, he he got sick, and um, it was after his sickness that he started doing these lectures on the Bible. Because he, he became intrigued by the Bible. Some of his application of the Bible that mm-hmm. he's made, I don't agree with. But when he started giving the lectures on the Bible, I thought then, just exactly mm-hmm. like Jason just said, you cannot stay in the Bible and it not change you. There's no way. But you see, he now he handles the scriptures a lot in the, the allegorical understanding. He does. And from because, a psychological viewpoint. Because he's pulling it into a psychological yeah, viewpoint. Yeah, right. And I think it works there. I, it, works, it doesn't works change what well, doesn't change historical facts, but mm-hmm. or the truth. It, it just shows that scripture's dimensional. Well, and and just to say something about that, I, I have made this statement before. The Bible is not a science book, but when it speaks on the topic of science, the Bible is explicitly, undeniably accurate. The Bible's not a math book, but it's the greatest book in mathematics that you will find. The Bible is not a psychological book, but discovering the psyche of man, there is no greater writing that you can ever read and that's what than the Word of God. Read uh, Jordan, and that's what intrigued him. And so, we're going to show a video on his journey to God. And some would deny that he has a journey to God. I would argue that everybody is on a journey to God. Some may reject it. But I think that we're all in search for that. We was talking. I think you preached mm-hmm. a little bit of that this morning. I did, and uh, that's what we're searching for. It's what he's searching for, and that's what I'm praying that he finds. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think that there would be a greater preacher on this planet than Jordan Peterson if he came to real faith in mm-hmm. Christ, and he may have already have. I'm not saying he has. Well, there again, one of these things that uh, we're looking for, or I think we're discussing and debating, is. What constitutes someone being born again? That's that's my point. That's the question. That's the question. And and I'd like to say up front, see if you guys agree with me or not. But I don't believe that we're fully born again yet. Anyway, that's right. That's and right. I Neither think do we're. I. I think we're. Our spirit man gets born again. That's right. Mm-hmm. Instantaneously. Mm-hmm. 
But I think our soul is being born again. That's exactly And that's right. what we're feeling the struggle now. Yeah. I have a feeling and, that uh, it really doesn't finish until we cross over. I don't think it does. Can I say, sure. can I say to that point, though, I, and I want to put this in there because this is important to me. It's important to me that I believe this. I believe that God looks at us now as the finished product that we're going mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. It's the only way God can look upon us. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Therefore, I believe that my spirit man is already perfect. Mm-hmm. I believe that my soul is a work in process. That's right. And, and the completion of the born again experience is getting a new body. That's right. And there's no doubt in my mind That's I haven't right. done that one. That's right. Yeah. So, so we have to look at us being born again now is what I'm saying. Right. Number one, up front, it's it's still a long process right. of having the full experience That's right. of Absolutely. being born again. Absolutely. Just want to throw that one That's out there. That's right. So to say that you're instantaneously born again mm-hmm. and you've got the whole body, soul, and spirit down in an instant, that one we know is not right. It's not right. Yeah. If, if he would just go hang four to three feet <laughs> you know, two for you, one for me. <laughs> we just go ahead and get those. Yeah, They're like I ahead agree. of time. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, it's something we need to talk to him about when we I get know. to glory. Yeah. I know. Like, can you not just can you not just go and send them on down? <laughs> but I want us to watch watch this video and right. and we'll and get then, her queued up. Yeah, here. let's talk about it. But uh, now this yeah. is Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing what? Well, he's just having a conversation here. The yeah, title of it is his journey toward Yeah, God. and if you want to watch this on YouTube, you can, you've just watched the video. You can go watch Jordan Peterson's incredible journey to God. Yeah. Oh, Heartbreaking okay. moments on his faith. But yeah. you want to just watch it here because we're going to give you a lot better We're going to give you some analysis. It. We're going to... Jeff is going to break Jordan. Are we like this? Uh, what's that outfit that shows movies and you got these three or four little spacemen? Yeah, in the um, front row. Yeah, yeah what at is it. that, Jason? That's who we are. Uh, that's who to, we are. Yeah, well, to, yeah I remember that. <laughs> you'll have to put that it before, before my time. Before yeah, well, time. you talk about it, make fun of the movies. I mean, I've talked about Bugs Bunny. He don't even know who Daffy Duck is. So that shows you know he's he's just a young guy. He's just he's I, I don't watch youngster. Those, youngster. Those youngster. Heathen, those heathen Disney movies. I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> press play on this before this goes further. <laughs> so people often ask me, "Do you believe in God?" Which I don't, I don't like that question. I don't like that question. I don't like that question. Yeah, I don't like the question. <laughs> People have asked me whether or not I believe in God, and I've answered in various ways. No, but I'm afraid he probably exists. That's... <laughs> I love that. like mean tweets. The traditions bind the community together. Now I'm saying that, and I don't go to church, you know, and the reason I don't go to church is because, well, it drives me crazy to speak frankly. (laughs) I haven't been able to sit in a situation like that ever since I was, well, ever, really. (laughs) That's really the truth of it, ever. Um, I'm not convinced that that's a good thing because I do believe, and I've had good conversations about this with Jonathan Pajot, I do believe that communal return to the source of the community's ethics is actually a necessary thing. And maybe I'm atoning for my past sins by doing these biblical lectures at the moment, which is something that's communal. And then, because there's also something about going where a bunch of other people are to reaffirm your commitment to to the good that you're all, all aiming at that's that's got some power in it. And 
I don't think that that's something that we should forego. I think it's dangerous. I mean, look, even if you're cynical about church, and I guess I would put myself in that category, it's certainly the case that communal church going in the 1950s, say, provided the average person with at least an hour a week where they were contemplating, no matter how poorly, the purpose of ethics in life and and the idea of a higher purpose and a higher meaning in life. And you got to think that spending an hour a week thinking about that is better than never doing it at all. I don't know how to, that tradition can be revivified in a meaningful way, but I think it's, I really do think it's a catastrophe that we've lost it because we don't have a center an ethical center that holds our community together. And the consequence of that is that we're fragmenting quite badly. Yeah, that's a good but point. What you see there is yeah, if, it, if it you is. view someone with love. Yeah, yeah. before we go on, that yeah. is a good point. I was going to tell you to stop it there. Go ahead. The The idea of community is what he's making. I'm taking it that he's making an issue out of community and he believes that faith, that Christianity, that, that healthy um Community, he's saying, has a psychological value, I guess. Yeah. Well, and the truth is, can I tell you, so far, every, everything he said, I agree with. <laughs> I mean, and I know that, watch. What, you don't like to sit in church? No. I really don't. Never, I never have. Uh, it it kind of makes me Would feel you, uncomfortable. Okay. And can I tell you, I think that's one thing churches should be designed to do, is make you feel uncomfortable. Mm. I believe that. Um, but there's nothing worse than being in just a plain old, There is such things as just a boring. Yeah, I've been bored before. I don't even yeah. call that really church going. Oh, okay. But, you know, the preaching of the Word of God is designed to make you kind of feel uncomfortable. You got, I think the preaching of the Word of God and being in church challenges us to change and to conform. We're, we're, supposed to not, we're not supposed to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. But I do believe that that renewing of the mind process, a lot of it takes place in church. And Jesus mandated for us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Can I tell you the reason I go to church is to be obedient to God? Well, don't you think also back in 100 years ago, 150 years ago, 200 years ago, the church was the center of, of social activity? Absolutely. I, I mean, it, you know, it, it really so was, especially in the 50s yeah. when he's talking. Well, like what he's talking about, the 50s. And I think that's one yeah. thing that, as a whole, I don't think we have, the modern day church has figured out how to make, like what Alan's saying, where it's supposed to be a community. When you're in community with people, you typically act like those people. It spreads, you, you, you become like each other, you know, and. Well, I it's, think the church is not taking on the church. There's a lot more the churches could be doing. If the but, church was the center of community, we're trying. We kind of moved that all over into yeah. our schools now. Yeah, mm -hmm. of what was in the churches, right. and there's somewhat I think uh, maybe a return to that. You know, people are people are valuing Christian education. Christians are yeah, valuing that. more so yeah, now. more so yeah. now than mm -hmm. it had to get really bad before they did. But well, maybe. It, it raises a question yeah. here. I've heard people say, I don't have to go to church to be saved. I've heard that a lot. Well, and you, I agree. You don't have to go to church to be saved. I agree with that. But you should, if you want to live life to the fullest, your walk with Christ, you need to be around people that are like more and more, that are on the same path to become more like him. Yeah. That's the only way you can do it. 
I've heard, I mean, I've been around so many people. They're like, oh, Jesus, he hung out with the drunks and this and that. They, don't, I don't, they didn't hang out with a bunch of church people. Right. You go try that for a while and see how, well, how you here, turn out. And here's my <laughs> thing. And here, I, I know agree. from experience. I agree with <laughs> But I do, I do believe this. I think there's a supernatural element here just a little bit that you don't have to go to church to be saved. But if you're saved, at some point, there'll be a desire for that community, for an expression of church. Well, if people uh, in don't. some in in some form, you, know. you don't think it's in human nature to be part of community. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you don't go to church, you go down to the bar and you get a tribe there. You or know, the Lions Club. Yeah, you, or get, the you, get, you just, temple, you just or, get people yeah. that you want to hang out I've with. Seen some things there. I yeah. Should say. Yeah. We, me and Jason don't go there. Yeah. yeah. So. Neither uh, do I. <laughs> <laughs> Please, everybody. I'm understand. not saying that all Masons are. I'm not saying that all Baptists are Masons, but I'm saying all Masons are Baptist. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jason. <laughs> he has no idea what he's saying. Does he know what he's saying? Just kidding. No, I am ignorant. Father, forgive him for he, for he knows not, not know what he's doing to us. I just believe that a saved man will want at some point, he'll have a desire for church. In the definition of the way the New Testament gives to the church, yeah, you're going to yeah, have that. Yeah, and he, and Jordan Peterson said, you know, he makes him feel okay, and maybe that's why he's, why he's doing his. But here's the thing: so when you're he's saying doing every, his Bible lectures, guess what? He's in church. Oh yeah, I agree. So if church was designed to make you uncomfortable, so he's experiencing that. So you're saying every time I'm around Jeff, I'm at church. Exactly, where okay. two or three are gathered together in His name. And when you are with Alan and okay, I'm gonna keep going. There's two of no, us in his name. What he was saying, two or three, he was taking in consideration that we might have Jason. Yeah, and so it could be <laughs> two, right. maybe right. three, maybe three. <laughs> maybe. You better get the show rolling again. Yeah, guys. Right. hey, listen to this. So right but here, what this, you see there is a if you view, if you if you view someone with love. Okay, let's do pick it. it up. All right. Then. It's incumbent upon you to treat them as if they're valuable. And then the more you treat other people as if they're valuable, the better person you are. That just comes along for the ride in some sense. So none of that seems questionable to me. That, that seems solid. And so then maybe the more, the more love you view other people with, the higher the moral demand that's placed on you. And then I would say too, well then, that's another reason why it's so important to be truthful and, and in some sense to be good because it isn't obvious to me that you can withstand that moral load if you're compromised by too much sin. It's too much. And, and that's another thing that, that we're not very good at teaching young people about. You know, we shouldn't do that. You know, it's like there's a sanctimonious authority that goes along with that that's the wrong tone it's more like you know I don't know how you lay it out properly but you tell people that you love how to avoid the road to hell and you don't do that because you're shaking your finger at them or because you're a moral authority you do it because you don't want them to burn. Wow. And 
to get something. I think there's too much of the moral authority still in the church and not enough of the... There you go. I have to agree. You know, the love that Boy, helps good. people avoid the fire. That's pretty graphic. Tammy, my wife, has always taken the idea of truth very seriously. Her recent brush with death has deepened her religious sense and impelled her towards a life that's more consciously focused on service to others, her family in particular, but not only her family, people beyond the family. And I also think that's a function to some degree of our stage of life. She's a grandmother now and her children are grown and able to take care of themselves. And so she can turn her attention to other people, maybe farther afield from the immediate family. I'm watching what she's doing and listening to her and watching her practical application of her faith and that affects me just as everything she does affects me because I watch what she does and take it seriously. Her recent actions have indicated she's ha she's helped a number of people quite substantially the group that she's been communicating with and all of that's very interesting to me. She's showing me, I mean I've taken the idea of God seriously for a very long time and I've said on multiple occasions that I try to act as though God exists and that that's essentially my definition of belief. When people say, do you believe in God? Belief is a multi-dimensional word. And one question is, well, what do you mean by believe? And for me, the proof of belief is to be found in action. And I decided that I would act as if God existed a long while back. And of course, I'm imperfect in that, inevitably. Now, she's doing that more explicitly as well. Not she wasn't doing it quite well to begin with. She's doing it more explicitly and also more within the confines of traditional religious conceptions. Uh, although she's not attending church, she's associating with a number of people who are formally religious and all of that's informing the way that she conducts herself. It's watching her do that has also highlighted for me the missing praxis in Western Christianity. If you want to be a Christian, Let's say if you think that's necessary, it's not exactly obvious what you should do. You should go to church, but that's not enough, I don't think. I find it useful to contemplate the highest good on a continual basis. I'm trying to keep myself oriented in that direction. That's a, it's a religious orientation, fundamentally. It's an overwhelming orientation, but there's no escaping the questions of the ultimate meaning of life. Wow. I'm not an atheist anymore because I don't look at the world that way anymore. I'm not a materialist anymore. I don't think the world's made out of matter. I think it's made out of what matters. It's made out of meaning. What we orient towards unconsciously, which means what captures our attention, is meaning and it captures our attention before we know what it is. The brain acts as if the world's made out of information or made out of meaning. Who would have the audacity to claim that they believed in God if they examined the way they lived. Yeah. Who would dare say that? Yeah, boy. To, to believe, you think, to believe in a Christian sense, to actually, this is why Nietzsche said there was only ever one Christian and that was Christ. To have the audacity to claim that means that you live it out fully. Mm. And that's an that's an unbearable task in some sense. 
to be able to accept the structure of existence, the suffering that goes along with it and the disappointment and the betrayal and, and to nonetheless act properly, right? To aim at the good with all your heart, right? To, to dispense with the malevolence and your desire for destruction and revenge and all of that and to face things courageously and to tell the truth, to speak the truth and to act it out. That's what it means to believe. That's what it means. It doesn't... It doesn't mean to state it. That's what it means to believe. You know, that's a that's a powerful concept. I guess yeah. Say. Well, and you can see the journey from the <clears throat> beginning of this video to there. Mm-hmm. That what they've done is they've taken excerpts. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like that question. He went mm-hmm. from I don't like that question to answering the question. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. His concept of belief. How big is that? Because it's huge to say your belief is proved by what you live out. We know that in the New Testament, people didn't stand up and say, hey, yeah, I've been saved. They were called followers of the way. Their life proved what they believed. And that, and that's, we've lost that. Well, that's we've the reason we do, we do personally do podcasts. Yeah, exactly. It's because we believe. We believe. And it produces a... Not Lord knows you can look at us and know that we hadn't hit perfection, even though I know you are trying to follow me. But I love seeing Jordan um, when I first listened to him. He's such an incredible intellectual. But to see him get emotional over the things of God, and he see he's trying to figure it out. He's trying to he's used to putting words to things. Absolutely. And now he's got himself in a situation that words just don't quite he cannot, work. Yeah, words that cannot. When quite. he was talking about, you know, that he feels like the church has got to a place where you're just pointing your finger. And I was reminded of uh, something that somebody told me a long time ago about preaching on hell. I said there's a difference in preaching on hell and trying to get people safe from it or preaching on hell as if you want everybody to go there. <laughs> there's a difference. But his desire not to see people burn. I thought that was an incredible statement. Okay. And it validates what is inside of him, that he is ha- his brain's having a hard time. Well, it convicts you know. me because I don't know that I've had that thought too much. I and, mean, if, and I, I if I'm I don't honest, know that many have. If I'm just very honest with you, know. you I mean, us three sitting here, are we under the, the this truth, this realization of reality, that there's some people dying today. Yes. Dropping about off that. in the hell. Thinking about fire, their firewood in hell. Yeah. I was thinking about how he doesn't, he doesn't use, he's trying really hard. Yeah. He's, I mean, A for effort. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's trying to understand what it means to believe or follow Mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we might make it a little too complicated. Mm -hmm. You know, I think going to church is a, is a, you know, we've got these sheep and I can't get this out of my head. If I go out there and try to move these sheep, they will not follow me. They will not. I can't get them. It's a disaster. I can't do it. If Heather goes out there and moves these sheep, all she has to do is walk across. She can walk all the way across our property, and they're just following along right behind her. Jason, Jeff, and I will talk to you after the broadcast. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we can yes. help you with that. We sure can. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But that's that whole thing when Jesus says to follow me, mm-hmm. and then you start realizing you know, the when he talks about the sheep wandering away, Mm-hmm. He goes after the one sheep. There's a lot there. And if you have sheep, you kind of start putting the two these stupid creatures. Yeah. But together, when you move, if you're, if you're just one sheep, it's hard to move one sheep. 
But if you have a bunch of sheep, you can move them real easily. You can all go the same direction real easy. They all just start. They don't know why they're going. If there's they somebody they want to follow. If, yeah. it's, if it's somebody they want to follow. If they if know the shepherd. If it's voice. me, yeah. 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 It is pretty amazing mm-hmm. when, when you put all that together. But I think with everything he's saying, he's he's trying really hard to follow. Yeah. It's, well, you see you know a man on it's a journey. Not, yeah. You see a man so far on a journey. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what you're seeing. Yeah. But anyway, I don't yeah. know. All right. Throw her back up there, Jay. There's too many buttons. You're doing it. It means to act it out. And unless you act it out, you should be very careful about claiming it. Wow. And so I've never been comfortable saying anything other than I try to act as if God exists because. God only knows what you'd be if you truly believed. (laughs) Think about that. If you think about it in some sense, that's the central idea in Christianity, is that if you were capable of believing, it would be a transfiguring event, (laughs) a truly transfiguring event. And I know people experience that to one degree or another, but we have no idea what the limit of that is. We have no idea what the possibility is within each person if they lived a life that was maximally courageous and maximally truthful you know because maybe you're running at 60% or 70% or 20% and at cross purposes to yourself God only knows what you'd be if if you believed mm-hmm. yeah. and so wow wow well, I act I try to act like I believe but I'd never claim that I manage it mm-hmm. So, okay, so you can think about Christ from a psychological perspective and the, the, criti- the critic, my critic, this particular critic that I've been reading said, well, that, that doesn't differentiate Christ much from a whole sequence of dying and resurrecting mythological gods. And of course, people have made that claim in comparative religion. Joseph Campbell did that and Jung to a lesser degree, I would say, but Campbell did that. But the difference, and C.S. Lewis pointed this out as well, the difference between those mythological gods and Christ was that there's a, there's a representation of, there's a historical representation of his, of, of his existence as well. Now you can debate whether or not that's genuine. You can debate about whether or not he actually lived and whether there's credible objective evidence for that, but it doesn't matter in some sense because this, well, it does, but there's a sense in which it doesn't matter because there's still a historical story. And so what you have in the figure of Christ is an actual person who actually lived plus a myth. And in some sense, Christ is the union of those two things. The problem is, is I probably believe that, but I don't know. I don't, I'm amazed at my own belief and I don't understand it. Because I've seen... Sometimes the objective world and the narrative world touch. You know, that's union synchronicity. And I've seen that many times in my own life. And so in some sense, I believe it's undeniable. You know, (laughs) we have a narrative sense of the world. For me, that's been the world of morality. That's the world that tells us how to act. It's real, like we treat it like it's real. It's not the objective world, but the narrative and the objective world touch. And the ultimate example of that in principle is supposed to be Christ. But I don't know what to, that seems to me oddly plausible. (laughs) 
but I still don't know what to make of it. It's too, partly because it's too terrifying a reality to fully believe. I don't even know what would happen to you if you fully believed it. But are you a prophet? Is that not something? See, to say yes or no, I have to think about how, I think I have to think about how, how I might be conceptualized, how what I'm doing might be conceptualized. No, I think I see myself as a psychologist and fundamentally I am a psychologist I'm a behavioral psychologist and I'm very interested in I got very interested in psychoanalytic thinking especially the Jungian variants and and I'm a professor and I'm doing that you know on a much larger stage let's say but that's really what I'm doing and so it's a combination of those two things and there's a I mean I speak about religious matters but I don't see myself as a religious leader I I don't want to make that God lift from me the intolerable burden of my ignorance, arrogance, willful blindness, bitterness, and resentment. Wow. As I pray that others rise above the same faults and temptations. I watched Fox News release a message this week. There are terrible things afoot under the surface of our society. And the perpetrators are coming for you and coming for us. And then I watched the Democrats respond in panic and anger, saying, there are terrible things afoot under the surface of our society and the perpetrators are coming for you, coming for us. Mm -hmm. Are there terrible things afoot bubbling under the surface? Is something coming for you? And for us, ask yourself how true that is of yourself and your own life. Have you addressed all that? Are you concerning yourself with the dust in your enemy's eyes instead of attending to the filth that obscures your own sight? Wow. Do we want accusation, suspicion, discord, derision, and hatred? or the peace and prosperity and happiness that beckons to us at this moment like never before. Praise God. Who's the enemy here? (laughs) Is it the basket of deplorables? Is it the freaks and the queers? Is it the plumbers and carpenters and tradesmen and managers who work honestly and diligently during the day and the soldiers who stalwartly defend the borders and protect us? Is it the artists and visionaries whose expressions of unbridled creativity entertain and rejuvenate us and who continually offer to us an unending panoply of technological miracle? Is it the institutions that guide and protect us that so many lived and died to erect and establish, which for all their faults have served us so well? Wow. Do we want revenge or justice? Do we want contempt or mercy? Mercy. Do we want war or peace? And what are you aiming at in your heart of hearts? I see even the best of men degenerating into the exchange of blows. I see even the best of men identifying the enemy 
in our neighbors and friends. I see even the best of men falling prey to cowardice and self-righteous anger. It needs to stop. I need to stop. You need to stop before it's too late. Who is the enemy here? The snake in your heart? The lies on your tongue? The arrogance of your intellect? The cowardice of our refusal to see? The enemy is that which divides to sow discord. The enemy is the pride and the fear that stops us from lending a hand across the divide. The enemy is the great and eternal adversary of mankind. And if we demonize our brothers, our comrades in arms, do we not precisely call that dread spirit forth? Have we not yet learned? Courage. Here we go. Trust. Truth. Love. Even unto your enemy, Mm. which is yourself. Mm. God, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. May what is highest guide our vision. May what is highest open our ears. May what is highest guide our tongues. And may we pray, fearful of the hell we could so easily and carelessly create. Deliver us from evil. Shine a light into the corners of our dark hearts. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Well, there you go. The only thing I can tell you, if he's lost, that's the lostest man that's scared hell. Yeah. I know lost isn't a word, but he's the lostest man that's ever made hell tremble. Well, I mean, and truthfully, truth. you've seen a journey. I mean, when that video started, that, that was a pretty good video. There was, there was other clips of Jordan Peterson I wish mm-hmm. they could have put together in that montage. But when he first started, you know, he said, I, I don't even like that question, do you believe? <laughs> I don't like it. And then he went from that to confessing arrogance and pride and, and all of the things. It seems to me like he's made a journey toward God. Whether He was kicking and screaming, but I know a lot of people that came kicking and, and he, screaming. And he totally rejects a fake move forward. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If it's not real, he ain't. Yeah, he's, that's right. He's got to have something He's got to have something real. That's right. And I think that's a good example of people crying out today, Jeff. Absolutely. I I think they're wanting something real. They're wanting something real. Can we deliver something real? Yeah, boy. boy. There at the end when he was talking, I couldn't couldn't help but think back at the beginning of the program when we're talking about Hamas and Hezbollah invading Israel and how how many of those people really want to go to war. Yeah, right. Yeah. How many of those people that's going to get killed yeah. and slaughtered mm-hmm. because of these idiots? Yeah. That want that's how many of those people mm-hmm. don't want this yeah. at all. And you know it's all it's, based off of a belief structure. Yeah. And that's yeah. the danger of grouping people together yeah. and labeling people 
there's a lot of Palestinians that don't want anything to do with this. Yes, you're right. That are you're good exa- people. They just want the exactly same right. things that me and you you're exactly and everybody right. else wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they get lumped into this whole... They get drug into it. Yeah. Yeah. Just because of who they are. Yeah. You know, they're... Yeah. I love what you said, Alan, at the end. And I can't help but believe everybody's journey is different. Mm-hmm. But there is fruit from Jordan Peterson's life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that he has come to faith in God. How he articulates it may offend a religious spirit it's for refresh, sure. It's, re- it's but refreshing. But to me, it to is. Me. To me, it's refreshing. And uh, Jason, we I got a couple of our mm-hmm. of our guys online here. You oh yeah, bring them. Uh, sure. Let's. Uh, so old, old at heart. Old, old at heart. Old at heart. Again. I don't even call that church. <laughs> I bet he was responding to Jeff. I bet he's quoting Jeff there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, like, I like I like uh, old at heart. I, I do have a tendency of agreeing with old at heart. <laughs> <laughs> Mike says the three attributes of salvation are the change, the working out, the deliverance. Oh, how we need Jesus. None of this is under our own power, but the power of God through Christ Jesus. Yeah, man. That's exactly right. Well, I can get behind that one. I can get behind that as well. Totally. I love, love it when these guys, when they write in like that. Yeah. It's wonderful. I think with collectively as we look at what Jordan Peterson said there and with the, you know, there's an opportunity of bringing, you know, he started off, he didn't have a gray hair in his head hardly and he ended up totally gray Yeah. So we see a progression of his life, of his dialogue, of his yeah. monologue, of his of his heart, if you will, yeah. and um, how he's progressed through his faith, as we all have. Yeah. There's one thing I can say for sure. Whether he's saved or not, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not the judge. Yeah, I will right. say this: if he don't slow down, he's going to be. That's all I can tell you. And and it, and there again, I'd like to put in the caveat of where none of us. I'd, I'm of the persuasion none of us are completely saved, even though we are saved in Christ Jesus, and God yes. will finish and complete the work that He started in us. Yeah. I understand all that. Yeah. But it's where are we today? I think we're saved. It appears to me that Jordan's spirit saved. Yes. His soul, he's working out his salvation right now. That's right. His soul is being saved, I believe. And, of course, the completion is when we get a new body, which we... We all can look around here and tell we haven't got that one yet. That's he's just right. got he's just got a lot of words to say. That's, yeah, that's right, Jason. You know, he's, he's just got he's a lot got of more to work up. with than we have. He he? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got, got a whole lot more to work with <laughs> than we do. But when I first started listening to him, uh-huh. I honestly did. I, I'm honest. I I started praying for the guy, mm-hmm. praying that God would get a hold of him, do a work in his life, because I knew that he he really would be able to articulate in some fashion truths from the Word of God that are just precious mm-hmm. and that needs to be articulated. I've heard him do some of mm-hmm. that, but I've also heard him say, I'm at a loss. I don't know what to say about this. He could not explain what he was experiencing. He was which, experiencing more than he was saying. Yeah, sure. that's exactly right. And that even gave me hope because really Jordan Peterson's probably one of the most articulate persons that lives on the earth today. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe I that. believe that. But when you experience God, it just takes the words away. Mm-hmm. There's a language of spirit mm-hmm. that you just can't put words to. That's right. And he's he's in, we saw him in the throes of that a lot mm-hmm. in, in these videos. You know, I pray for Jordan Peterson that God will use him in the circle of people that he can touch. Mm-hmm. 
to bring them to faith in Amen. Christ. And I believe he has. I believe he has and will continue to do yes, so. Yes, I do. I do. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah, well, Jay, how are we on our time, buddy? I think it's time to wrap it up. Do y'all want to close us out? Yes, we would love to. Yes. Go ahead, Alan, and pray for okay. us. Okay. Well, Lord Jesus, we thank you for Jordan Peterson, and yes, we pray Lord. for him. Yes, Lord. That uh, you will finish uh, that work. You finish promised, Jordan, that you will finish the work that you've started in him. Yeah. And we have a witness of that work, and yes, we Lord. agree with that work. And, Lord, we do love to hear the man carry on a conversation. We just love it. We ask and pray, oh, God. That you'd be with Jordan, you'd bless him. Yes, Lord. That his that he would get sharper and sharper in mm. truth as he continues on this journey. Yes, Lord, be with us this week. Be with us and bless all of our listeners. Yes, Lord. We speak a special blessing to our listeners. Amen. Uh, that they'll be blessed uh, this week as we continue on, and uh, yeah. we love you, Lord. We love each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we thank you for this broadcast. Amen. In Amen. Jesus' name. Old at heart. Yeah, he's going to close us out good. Old at heart <laughs> said, yeah, just imagine Ben Shapiro accepted oh, Christ. Yeah, so go. we're going to there start we praying. Go. We're going to start praying that, yeah. that, that Ben Shapiro uh, encounters the, we're there. the Lord Jesus. Consent, Absolutely. Color us in. <laughs> Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. All right. Thank See you, you, Old guys. at heart. See you. Thank you for joining today's Smith & Rowan Show. You can check out our website at kingdompropheticsociety.org and our daily unplugged podcast at smithandrollinshow.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.